0: Network. Hi, this is from Turak with the Freebooters Network. Today we introduce a brand new show called Filament Fandom. The show explores the interesting cross-section between 3D printing and fandom in general, comic books, movies, TV shows, that sort of thing. We hope you enjoy the show. You know what? It doesn't have to be catchy. It doesn't have to be memorable. How's Filament Fandom sound? Sounds good to me. I mean, it's simple. Printing your fandom. Printing your nerder tree. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Wow. It was that easy. It was really that easy to start a podcast on 3D printing? I think so. All right, then. Let's start the show. This is Filament Fandom. Hey, everybody. This is our our new podcast. We're testing some stuff out here. We're going to be on the network along with Anonymous Tabletop. So I'm Lathan from... The Anonymous Tabletop and from Screaming Heretic and a few other places, Torchmaster. And we have with me... Mighty Tim. Mighty Tim. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about 3D printing as it relates to our area Ginkdom. Both of us have like engineering backgrounds. We understand 3D printing in the mechanical sense, and that you need a widget for XYZ. In fact, I've got one of the widgets on my microphone, which I'm going to show to Tim, which was something that I just whipped together to hold the stupid pop filter for the mic, because the one that came from the factory sucked. Uh, So the mechanical side is not a problem, but we don't want to get into that, because that really is work. We're going to talk about the fun side of this stuff. And the biggest part of the fun side of it is the fun side that applies to our hobbies. In our case, RPGs, tabletop miniatures, comic books, TV shows, general geekdom or being a fan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So with that, we're going to tell you a little bit more about what we're going to be uh, about. Some of the tools we're going to be using and some of the stuff we're going to be covering. And we'll dive in from there. So I've had my printer. I had my printer for about a year, so I've gotten really most of the... Yeah, it's been a year. That's all?
0: <laughs> That's all. You've printed so much stuff. Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, this is one of the few times that the printer is not on. The printer is mm-hmm. actually sitting, you know, like, just to my right here, or to my left. Mm-hmm. Tim's right. Um mm-hmm. You guys won't see this, so it doesn't really matter. But it's one of the few times that the printer's actually off, and the only reason it's off is because I've got one of my fans in it is buzzing, and I was picking it up on the mic. Otherwise, it prints 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. I am always printing something. Some of the stuff is cool and useful, like, for example... Ooh, you get to hear all of that sound in the background. Uh, the wonderful bolt from Iron Giant, oh, which yeah. I did one of. Or... <laughs> and a more to Joe mask
0: cuz you know mm-hmm. you got to be a more to hold Joe you to in front of you cuz it's blurring out oh
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> ah, oh, more to Joe is here you know so um that kind of stuff to you know needed a tripod for my phone um all kinds of models you know like some D&D stuff I've been printing lately it's constantly printing so i've taken mine i mean i've Done practically every upgrade possible on it, um, with the exception of maybe three that I will probably get into this year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and take you guys on that journey with us. In Tim's case, Tim is a hundred percent newbie, so
0: totally beginner. Us what you got. <laughs> uh, I I well, I was getting one for my birthday. Actually, our l- last episode of Anonymous Tabletop, we were talking about how how stupidly cheap the three D printers were, and. Uh, my birthday falls just before Father's Day, so it was kind of like a, well, I could get some shirts or something stupid or money towards a 3D printer. So I told all the kids just just money towards a 3D printer, and so that's what we did. We pulled it, pulled it, and got a 3D printer. And I was going to get the, um, uh, what is it, Creality? The, yeah, the end the of three. three- yeah, the Ender 3. I was looking at the Ender 3 and then I'm like, well, you know, the Ender 3 Pro's got a couple upgrades and then the V2, I'm looking at Ooh. that and the upgrades are it's the Ender 3 Pro, but it's also got the quiet stepper motors. It's got the quiet board to run the quiet stepper motors and it's got all the upgrades of the Pro plus a few more that are, you know, and and I started looking at the cost of the upgrades and well it's not a straight up thing if you were to buy an Ender 3 and then pay for all the cost to upgrade it to the 3 and then to the V2 you're you're buying all those same parts so at that point it's already hot rotted and and I would have this stuff right off the bat and having a quiet machine isn't a bad idea and and being a gearhead myself I'm kind of like I wouldn't mind starting with the quiet stuff to start with and then you know
1: well, yeah, you've got you got out of the box what it took me a year's worth of upgrades to get to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got one upgrade on mine that you probably won't have on yours, which is I'm running a direct drive
0: setup. Right. So and I can and I don't like, believe it has a metal extruder head either.
1: Uh, see, but well, it's the same. It's the same. You've pretty much got the same extruder that I do because I okay. I had I bought one of the all metal ones. I haven't installed it yet. Um, I right. just haven't found a need to it's mm-hmm. it, you know i i i bought it in a fit of gee it's late night and amazon will deliver it the next day so let's see what we can get right <laughs> you know one of those moments and it's just sitting there it's yeah right. it's still sitting in the box it's it's like mini an upgrade that i bought for this thing that is still sitting in the box that i haven't done anything with mm-hmm. so so you're going to be kind of our you're going to be our every man every printer mm-hmm. let's see what it'll what we can get out of these things and how far we can push it. I'm going to be the let's let's see how far we can go to breaking it and if all these extra upgrades and stuff improve anything. Um, right out of the box, they print the same. I mean, I've got right. an Ender Three as well, so
0: right.
1: so that they're, they're a great printer either way. And it's just going to be interesting. I mean, I. Yeah, it's going to be a weird thing because I know you've already started picking out some of the stuff
0: that you want to print to start off Oh, with. tons of things. <laughs> tons of things. I've, you know, just just things that you wouldn't like. Right away, I was looking at Han Solo's uh, sidearm from the movies. And, uh, and and also, you know, being an engineer, I, I also look at working harder or smarter, not harder. And I've been part of... Um, 3D printer groups for months looking at things, and these guys are printing things that are available in sto- a hardware store for ten cents. And they'll spend the night running their printer, you know, and they'll spend a day perfecting the print and and r- make three runs. And it's like, you know, in fifteen minutes you could have had the thing at Ace. You know, some of these things, it's you know, to someone with a hammer, every problem is a nail. It's like, you know, yeah. So uh,
1: are, I've <sighs> I've printed a, I've printed a few simple things where I'm like, I really should have gone to the store to get this, but those mm-hmm. normally happen. is normally like 10 o'clock at night and I mm-hmm. splash on something and I'm like, you know what? I could sit in bed, whip out a design, send it off to the printer and then wake up in the morning and
0: it's done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that was the thing. So like to, to make the Han Solo blaster, um, there's an airsoft replica of the original pistol that it was made from. And there's Thingverse. Conversion kit for the original pistol to convert the original pistol into it. So, uh, for so for twenty bucks, I'll get the airsoft thing, and then for nothing, I'll make the conversion kit and add it to it, and now I've got a rep replica thing where i didn't have to spend a day printing the whole pistol i'll just print the parts that make it look like it you know so but i mean i want to do things for x-wing there's all kinds of cool ships for x-wing and and for D and D and for all kinds of cool stuff i want to add in and yeah oh it's awesome
1: well cool yeah because yeah. i well that and the other thing is you haven't even. i mean you've just been looking at the free stuff wait till you get into some of the more scary
0: aspects oh, where you pay for them
1: there are some amazing designers out there that are just oh, doing yeah. some phenomenal stuff. Um, in fact, I actually got in on a, a couple of Kickstarters because, you know, I'm the Kickstarter idiot mm-hmm. um, for stuff that when I finally realized what I had done, I actually got in at like vendor level on a couple of kickstarters yeah. so i could resell stuff i didn't know at the time um so we're actually gonna we're gonna dive in and talk about one of those not necessarily this podcast but we're definitely going to start talking about some of those in the future as well so you can see both sides of it there's just so much stuff out there that we can go through oddly enough the whole time that we've been sitting here talking i've been holding in my hand and i'll see if i can get this on camera for tim See this. So, what I am showing him is remember Dwarven Forge? Yeah,
0: I've been looking for stuff like that. There
1: is an open source version of it Mm -hmm. that has all different kinds of. It's the. See what? There's a system. I believe the system is called Open Lock. Uh And with it, they've got all. They basically set out the dimensions and what the rules are of it. Um, It was published by one of the 3D printing companies, and I will. And our next one, we'll go into a lot more detail about who they are and what they do. Because I want to print out some more tests so I can actually have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of wild that you can do these things. I mean, I remember <laughs> the Hearst Arts molds mm-hmm. where you were making plaster versions of all of these. Right, and yeah. that was a lot of work. It was yeah. cool, but that was a lot of work. And yeah. you had to, I mean, you know. You has you- very
0: heavy stuff.
1: Exactly. And if you drop it.
0: I know. Oh, yeah. I mean you could glue it back together but I mean like our friend Cass Dave made a castle out of using herstar molds and uh, you, out of dental stone but Ooh. you know you end up making it and he's got a 700 pound castle you're not bringing it to someplace else you know right so you're you're you're, you're not moving that thing
1: yeah so. it's a it's a one-off it's a one-off usage where you're mm-hmm. building it for a table and it's going to mm-hmm. stay in that one location versus being able to 3d print them. You toss it in a box, you go on. Um, I think, I think printing this corner cost all of like
0: five cents. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I, I, there's, there is a downside to the 3d printing and that's that it takes so long, Mm -hmm. but if you can get the speed up, I mean, combining it with casting, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's the other thing. You can make a silicone mold and if you can print something like that and then you just clean it up and then make a good mother mold and then now you're casting stuff and you can cast dozens of them because it only takes 10 15 minutes to cast a bunch of pieces and put them in a pressure pot and now you you can make yourself a huge dungeon with a million pieces you know
1: and that's kind of the idea yeah that's kind of the idea behind this one because it's like i'm printing out all these test ones Mm -hmm. and basically i'm gonna go through and see i'm gonna make a just a quick mold Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: i've got some of the um some of that what is it like 30 minute um casting stuff from smooth on right Their Umu or whichever one it is i mean which takes like 30 minutes to set up sets up clean just so i could get a so i could pull a casting and see how they look right yeah because coming out of the machine i mean i printed this one at a fairly rough resolution and it looks really good i haven't thrown paint on it yet but i got a feeling once i throw paint on it with it being a piece of terrain it won't really matter right yeah so it's good it's it's definitely going to be interesting of uh, mm-hmm. the stuff that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Of course, my big ones have been statues.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I've been doing a lot of statues.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So as if you guys have followed me from any of the other stuff, you know that I'm a huge DC comics, Batman fan. Totally. Um. I can't help it. You know, I was in, I was inducted into the bat family young and never left it. Uh. he's, he's, he is He's batted in shaft, man. He just he's, is. He's Batman. Exactly. Does any When you see that cape and cowl, does anything need to be said? Yep. There's a reason why he is one of the top three superheroes around the world. <laughs> there are three super recognizable superheroes, Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. you can't go any place on the planet without somebody knowing who those three are.
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, he's that kind of guy. So I've been, I've oh gosh, I've got an armored Batman statue that is sitting here waiting for me to put it through primer. I've got a Batman and kids statue that I did. What's neat about these, being able to do these in 3D printing, is I can make them as big as I want. Oh, yeah. So I've got all of these because you you don't want like little two inch tall statues. You want like 10 inch tall, 12, Mm -hmm. 18 inch tall monsters that when you put them on a shelf, you're like, yeah.
0: You know that's the one thing that that people think about is is when you make a man cave and all the real cool collectible shit that you'd want in it you know you buy yourself a printer for 200 bucks and you can print all the shit you want in there and it's not going to cost you that much to fill it with all the coolest things you want that are all your own memorabilia you know where you may have a buddy who's who's got a bazillion dollars who fills it with baseball memorabilia that he's bought from all over the place or whatever but you can fill it with all the coolest shit and it it feels like you spent a shitload of money but you didn't you know well the other thing is and if somebody breaks it yeah, I'll just spend an <laughs> evening and print another one. Exactly, you can actually touch yeah. it,
1: because um, mm-hmm. i i am I am like the worst kind of comic book and toy collector there is, because I cannot stand mint new in box. That is blasphemy yeah. to me. That is that is yes. like buying a Ferrari and letting it sit and not drive it.
0: Exactly, exactly. It,
1: this is all stuff that you can actually touch and feel, and if you break it who cares when um, when
0: when uh what were they uh fuck the uh beanie babies first came out yes and i bought one for Zach when he was a little kid. And one of the first, we bought it for him in a gas station. And the reason why they were super popular in the beginning, because they would do short runs of little things, because it was a small company. Yeah, They're like, okay, we're, we're going to make, you know, we're going to make 200 of this. And then we've used up that material. So we'll make something else. And we've used up that material. And, and they just sold them to a bunch of things. And, and that's all they had. And if they still had the tag, they were worth it. So something that he had, that he liked was, was worth a hundred bucks or something. And I couldn't take my son's toy away from him because mm-hmm. some little old lady was going to stick it out. I just felt so wrong and creepy. And I, I, I couldn't take it away from him for that reason. And we don't know where the hell it is anymore, but the whole, you know, people are buying this stuff and hoarding it and sticking it on that shelf and never using it for what it's intended for. And that's the play. Or you know, worse. You well, know. Or worse. The ones that have to buy, like two and
1: three of them yes because you have to you have to hoard a few of them and it's like you know what i don't want to do that yeah. also there are stuff that let's face it some of these some of these things that you see out here no company will ever mass make it's yes. not gonna happen um no. like for example i there's this one that i have there's this one that i am looking for um that i'm that this guy, he's working on the um, the model now, and he's doing um, a Riddler model. The Riddler that he's doing, though, is um, from... Oh, great, and I have beeping sounds behind me, so I apologize for that if that made it into the mix. I can't hear it. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a good sign. I just I just called out something that people won't hear. Anyway, um, so he's doing this, let um, see what, uh, Batwing. Oh, okay. who, you know, uh, Lucius Fox's son, Batman character. He's doing a model of that one, which he wasn't really a popular character. He didn't show up really big in too many things. I think he was in like one movie. You know, mm-hmm. the character, he's a cool character, but you're never going to see him anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's not that popular. Well, right. this guy is doing a model of that one. He's doing another one. He's doing a static shock one both mm-hmm. the original static from the milestone days and the new static that you see in the, that you see in the TV show and he's doing mm-hmm. like a dueling a dual statue of those where it's the two of them standing back to back so you see the differences in the character you're never going to find that you know if you do find it out there it's going to be 12 billion dollars
0: right yeah
1: and they're only going to make two of them right you know? yeah and, you're gonna need, you know, like you're gonna. Be, it's gonna be like that. Um, what was it? That Wu Tang album, where it's like, okay, we're only gonna do one of them. We're gonna destroy the master, and the only way you can get it is if you like steal it from us. And you have Bill Murray come along on the heist. Right. Yeah. You know, it's that's the beauty of it. That's the fun of this is that anything that's out there, either you can make it yourself, or chances are there's somebody out there making
0: it. Right. So you can yeah. Find all the really cool stuff and they can share the file. And 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 you can get people who are who are good at this who make something like this for themselves and set it out into the world and say go ahead I'll share it and and you can get it for free, you know.
1: Exactly. And that's so. the and that's the beauty of it. It fits mm-hmm. all price points. I think the most I've paid for a single a single file was maybe 12 bucks. Yeah. Um the But I've got, you know, like hundreds upon hundreds of free files. I mean, one of the first things I printed (laughs) was a Doctor Who, an original, like first generation Doctor Who sonic screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Just because it was like, wow, that's an easy print. I can do it. Great. It was just a free file that's out there. Now, if you look out there, every version of his sonic screwdriver is out there. You
0: know what's Uh, so funny? I've been wanting to print a Men in Black Neuralizer. Yes, because there's a game in improv called Take That Back. Ooh, and man. I always thought that would be perfect for it. Just whoever's the director put on a black sport coat and sunglasses. And what they used to, they used to call it the ding game. Somebody would ring a right. bell and whatever line you said, that line didn't count. And you would progress as if you didn't say that last thing and you'd say something else. And <laughs> so you just have a little camera flashbulb and you just go ploop ploop. And I was great at that game, but it would be funny as hell to just keep doing that. You oh, know? that would be perfect. Uh, yeah, now. just sit there and just bloop bloop, bloop <laughs> and just call the game Men in
1: Black. You know, hey, it's perfect. I mean that, and that's some of the stuff that you can do because those things are available. Mm-hmm. It's like I've got sitting around here somewhere. Uh, <clears with throat> I, oh, there it is that I am working on because they never because the guys in Star Trek land never you know like release them. What I have, somebody actually went through and designed the uh, Vertron D, I think it it is. You're holding it low. There we go. The Vertron D um, disruptor. Oh, okay. It looks like an
0: intubator.
1: (laughs) It does. They probably use one of those as the prop base for it. (laughs) Um, But so what they did is they basically... Because they never released it as a model kit or a toy or anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. But if you're a Star Trek fan, you cannot get enough Star Trek stuff. So it's kind of cool that, you know, like this, from that iconic episode, I mean, because the episode was great. You find out that Data really does have emotions. He just doesn't know it. Right. Um, You know, I mean, why else would a logical, why else would a logical robot, you know, like shoot somebody at the very end? After
0: you've already won. Right, yeah. So, you know, he's he's got emotions in there. You, he you just, pull back his wig and there's a switch that says good and evil. Oh, here's your problem. Somebody had this guy switch to evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty
1: much it. So, I mean, having... Having those kind of options is just—it's just kind of cool that you can do those kind of things. So this mm-hmm. one, once I get it all painted up, it will go along with my, you know, like with my little Cricket Phaser because I did the, I did the little Star Trek Cricket Phaser, mm-hmm. the little teeny tiny Micro one, and I've got the mm-hmm. Dolphin Phaser around here somewhere,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I've got the modern Klingon Disruptor as my next one that I'm printing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, I'll I'll have the I'll have the full set eventually of all the next gen stuff, and then I'm probably going to go back and start doing the. Uh, the original series stuff mm-hmm. just so it's
0: it's neat being able to do it so um, does the cricket phaser give you access to the roku channel
1: i wish <laughs> i wish you know although i've got an oh god we've, yeah, no comment there no comment there i've got too much streaming to too much streaming to deal with um but other things that you can do though i've been collecting because i've started back up collecting action figures again So I picked up, you know, like all the McFarlane's new, um, Mm -hmm. all of his new action figures, which are really cool. I'm liking them. The problem is they all come with the standard cheapy action figure base. Right. uh, Which I can't stand Mm -hmm. because they don't hold them well. They tend to fall over or worse. They just don't look cool. Right. So what I'm doing for them is I'm now basically scaling up the bases I use for normal miniatures
0: Oh, and making a big fancy like three exactly. D <laughs> printed plinth for him.
1: Exactly. So I've got like one mm. that I'm working on now um, is for the um, for the armored Batman. So the hell the hell knight Batman, which mm-hmm. is like this this insane bat suit armor that's a that's designed specifically to take on Darkseid. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he kicks Darkseid's ass while wearing it. I mean, it is a no mm-hmm. joke set of armor mm-hmm. um, but what's cool about it is it's a it's this nice cool thing but it came with like the little crappy black boring base so yeah. the base that I'm doing for it looks like it's from the comics and it's got like it's got a big round section at the bottom with like gratings on it and I've got lights and then the suit in the comic <laughs> sits above it and it's held in place it's hovering above it by chains so it's okay. got like these things that come up on either side of it that hold the chain so I'm doing that base Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean without the 3D printer, it would be a lot of me, you know, like I mean, trying to get scale chain is always a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because it always looks fake. Well, right. well, now I can 3D print ones print to the scale chain. that I need. Um, same thing for the base. It's like I'm what I want to be able to light up the base. And versus having to drill holes and all this other fun stuff and everything else, it's like I can print it. I can print the light reflectors how I want them so that everything fits together. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty it's pretty cool. So that's that's another project that I've got going on. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on that the 3D printing side is great. Um, RPG side though, have you been looking at any of the RPG stuff? Have you looked at any
0: of the miniatures that you can print now? Uh, you know what? I haven't. Um... But yeah, I was I was looking into Dragonforge because I, I bought that uh, the fog machine that <laughs> I've been. And then Joe moved, our buddy Joe <laughs> Kleinhans, who had, he bought into the Kickstarter for the Dragonforge thing. And it's made to connect with that. And we were doing a D&D campaign. And I'm like, oh, this will be awesome. We'll do a great big Dragonforge table, something like that. And then he moved. I'm like, shit, now I don't have any place to use this. So I want to. <laughs> Make some huge thing or or X-Wing or just some huge zombicide. I, I'm I would love to do 3D. I've always wanted to do 3D zombicide. Um, I've been wanting to modify zombicide, make it a little bit more like Fallout. I thought that would be really cool and add in a uh, stealth aspect into the game where you're trying to be silent and. Um, so you're playing more at night, you're trying to not make noise cuz all of a sudden you're going to start luring uh, you know, things aren't going to spawn unless they start hearing noises and different types of weapons have a noise that radiate a certain distance noise-wise. So if you're going to fire a gun, it's going to make a sound a certain instrument inches and it's going to hit a spawn point and things are going to spawn there. So I was I would want to do things like that and add vehicles and shit like that, you know, so.
1: see, and That's, where, the, that's where 3D printing really, I mean, really shines because it, it's going to give you the option to do those that you can mix mm-hmm. and match stuff. And best of all, you can do it without, without your only investment is time. Yep. Your only investment is time. Um, you can also kind of stand on the shoulders of others for the skill mm-hmm. level because yeah. I can do, I mean, I can design industrial stuff all day. Right. Um, you know, I can... <clears throat> If, if you need some technical thing this uh, needs drawings and all the other fun stuff I've got you um, if you need something that you're gonna be building looks like with a laser not 2d design I am your guy
0: right 3d is a lot tougher <laughs> right and, and that's why I'm trying to get into the some kind of 3d scanning too because um, like I was looking into the um, using an Xbox, a uh, 3d scanner for doing it. It's not good on hard, um, you know, hard geometrical shapes where you're trying to get something exact, but if you're trying to get something kind of flowy, um, you know, natural looking, it's a lot better. Like if you're trying to get a person's torso or something like that, you want to make a little plinth or make a little person or something like that. That's much better. Cause something like that can be scaled down and it's going to have enough detail for that. um, so I was thinking that would be good because you can take something like that and now you've got a three dimensional object that you can add into whatever you're doing where it's it's a 3D structure, you know, because I don't have the sculpt a face in 3D, uh, you know, in a computer. But, you know, if I could stick a face in there or something like that, I could work with that easily, but not the other way around. You know, sculpting is murder.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat with you on that one. Mm-hmm. I. It's you give me a pen and a give me pen and paper and I can draw you almost anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if I'm sitting in front of if if I'm working in 2D land, I mean, I will sit in Illustrator for hours. I will sit in Photoshop for hours. Think nothing of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as I as soon as you add that third dimension to it, my brain switches into engineering mode. Right. And which means that all the little spiky curves and other weird stuff go out the window right yeah and brain does not see it that way brain sees that's a triangular pyramid how do i create a triangular pyramid okay that is a you know you know that's a rhomboid of some sort how do i do it and it just it goes out the window
0: well i i can do that part i can't if it was like draw a face i can't draw a face it doesn't look human (laughs) it it doesn't even look alien it just looks wrong but yeah that that uh, that's actually my talent is being able to do the three dimensional stuff and making machines and things like that like i can visualize a machine in my head and build it and it works but drawing oh i i can see it in my head and my hands are too dumb to put it on paper unless it's unless it's a solid geometric shape and then I can, uh, then I could just freehand draw it, and it'll work. But anything soft curves, nope. <laughs> um, I, it's weird
1: for me. It it's it's the three D side of it. Maybe it's, I mean, I've I live around computers. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sitting I'm sitting at my desk now with what five monitors and mm-hmm. three machines sitting in front of me right now, plus mm-hmm. two more under the desk. <laughs> Well, I was I got to get all the stuff built for the podcast, you know, if we're going to mm-hmm. do this podcasting thing, I got to get hardware and I got to get stuff mm-hmm. set up. Um, So, you know, it's it's that kind of, it's the technology side of it is just not a problem. It's the right. How do you apply that technology for our for organic organic purposes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. This is actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, What do you think? Take a break. Sure. Give the, give the people good. a chance to digest what's going on. All right, people, Take, take five. We'll be right back. Currently, humanity looks to the Internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive
0: content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let's them try hello and welcome back to episode one of filament fandom it's name possibly subject to change <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if
1: this is gonna end up as an episode one i think this is like episode you know like <laughs> 0. Point zero 0.01 a
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens
1: exactly Uh, we'll see how it comes out in the edit
0: because this is yeah this is
1: this is guerrilla warfare style
0: um for those of you
1: yeah for those of you that aren't aware we thanks to covid and all the stuff that's going on we are recording this first preview over skype um so this is usb microphone into computer on both ends and we'll see how it turns out Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely gonna have to do some serious audio cleanup on this one yeah yeah. Eh, doesn't matter it's first recording hey it's I, about it's about the conversation not necessarily about the
0: sound quality yes I'm, i could run a network cable to my hub
1: oh i i've already you know, like strangled bandwidth from everybody else in the house yeah because i have that kind of control <laughs> perks of being an it guy yeah you can set up qos so your stuff always works <laughs> everyone else maybe but your stuff always does anyway so um we've talked we, we kind of covered how we're getting into it uh, and all the other fun that goes around with it what our what our fandom stuff is um, where do we see this where do we see this going is kind of i guess our our kind of our next part of our sales pitch to get you guys to listen more um mm-hmm. tim what would you hope to get out of this podcast
0: if you were you- a listener you know what? I I kind of um, one thing that could be useful is the the there's a lot of people who are doing the oh, I want to get one. What do I need to know? And I can certainly share the. Well, I want to get one. What do I need to know? Because there's still a lot of the. What do I need to know? And so many people have the oh, you need this and this, but there are people who've been doing it for two years and forget the oh yeah, oh yeah, you gotta do this too. And somebody else says yeah, don't forget the, that. Oh yeah, 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 that too. And the, oh yeah, yeah, this, this, this too. So, yeah.
1: so, you know. so we're gonna be kind of your helping hand in getting into three yes. D printing. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Or. <laughs> see that's I mean and that's that's kind of one of the, going to be one of the better parts of it is the fact that we've got two different perspectives mm-hmm. I mean I am by no means a long-term printer like I said I've only had to think no. for a year but um, you've been digging in
0: super hard so yeah I, I I've hit this machine pretty hard it you've was, been digging in big time so well I the laser stuff
1: is kind of is kind of dying down for me mm-hmm. um and you know I've I'm still doing stuff with it but I'm not doing as much right. mainly because the the gaming world has shifted right. um, people are getting away from you know like big full tables right uh, they're they're now doing a lot smaller stuff and I I always love to do those big grand pieces mm-hmm. every piece that I designed was a statement it was a whole table there were very few one-off designs that I did you right. know, I mean most of my stuff was okay this is everything that's possible with this one. Right. Um, not just here's, okay, here's one little piece and here's another. It's like, no, if I'm going to give you, if I'm going to give you a old West, uh, a single old West building, no, I'm gonna give you the the town, I'm gonna give you the bank, I'm gonna give you the streets, I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you a table's worth. If I'm doing sci-fi, it's not gonna be, oh yeah, this is this one little habitat building. It's gonna be, mm-hmm. no, this is the habitat, this is the lander they came in, this is the oil well that they're drilling or whatever. Right. Um so coming at it from that setup, it's just there just isn't as much out there. There isn't as much desire for that out there anymore with so right. many games kind of on the, on the um, tabletop side, so many of them devolving into, well, this is the stock terrain. Let's just use the stock terrain, anything outside of the stock terrain. We don't want to go near because we know all the pitfalls of this one. We know that, hey, this piece is exactly this big and i know that if i play with it against somebody on another table i know exactly how big this piece is which means yes i can map out that i can be four and three quarters inches away from it and i can hit them through it but they can't hit me
0: right yeah yeah so Well, well like also games workshop when they for 40k they got smart not only did they make terrain but they made rules specific to their terrain and said okay well yeah we put pipes you know, and now it's not just pipes you could hide behind, but now we'll tell you what cover it's going to give, and we'll say what this is, and and we can make it an objective marker or a this or a that or a, you know the, they added rules into the game so people could say oh well we need this now we have to buy these pipes because this is what matters you know it's another way of selling it
1: yeah and and that's so so with that I mean it's it's the 3D was kind of the kind of the next stage
0: mm-hmm. It's like okay mm-hmm. let's
1: go from there because with the laser and with the 3D you still you still get people that want something different
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so what the laser is turning into more of is now the laser side of it I'm branching into all of the all of the fandom stuff. So I've got mm-hmm. all kinds of lights and, you know, like storage units and stuff for tabletop games. I'm right now I'm working on a whole set of boxes, replacement boxes for games. So you have all the game inserts and those kind of things. Well, these would actually be custom engraved boxes. So right. like, for example, um, my super dungeon explore stuff, which I love the game, still play it. Um, but the, there's no easy way to fit all that stuff in the box right Between the game and all the add-ons and everything else. so I'm now doing a custom box for that that has um, custom engraved a custom engraved look to it, right. So it's not just it's not just a blank box on your shelf. It's something that hey, this is a presentable piece. Right. Um, I'm working on one for because I just got the new version of Munchkin. So I'm working on one for that. And so mm-hmm. since I'm no longer doing as much terrain stuff and I'm doing the other, I still need to get my, you know, like my gamer fix in, and that's where the, the 3D printed right. side of it comes.
0: Actually, you could combine 3D printing and the laser and make some really impressive. Because the stuff where you, I mean, you were very clever with where you would make your round pieces, but if you could 3D print some of the things that you weren't mm-hmm. able to do before, that'd and be that's the, pretty awesome. And that's awesome. the
1: idea. Is I want to try and combine the two. So I guess mm-hmm. where I want to see this one going is. For me, it's not necessarily the stuff that we're doing, but I'm dying to talk to some of the people out there that are actually designing and making these things. Mm -hmm. Because I know we did on um, at the previous Adepticon, we did an interview with a um, with a vendor that's doing that's doing some 3D stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. it's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. talking to these people and finding out, okay, like, well, what did you... How did you come up with this? And what are you doing? I mean, we used to do it for... I used to do it for the laser stuff. We used to do it for, like, all the Matt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, See so, what? Uh, Mario with Master by Mars. I mean, he and I just, just geeked out over the tech and the ideas behind some of the stuff that you could do yeah. with it is just amazing um there was uh, another one um guy with knuckle duster games when and i got a chance to sit down and talk to him about hey how is how is your game changing and what's what's exciting in it and what are you seeing it's just it's neat seeing all of that stuff um so hopefully i'm hoping that we can you know, like get some time to talk to some of those kind of guys as well mm-hmm. as some of the As well as some of the sculptors that are just independent sculptors out there Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, like this do they're doing it not because, you know, like it's their job, but it's because it's stuff that they like.
0: Right. I mean, that's
1: those are the real hobbyists. And that's who a lot of this is for. It's it's for the fans. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of kind of a lull at a deep to end on i i I don't know if we should i don't know if we should go any further i
0: mean you know that that was like
1: actually a good ending spot what do you think we could end there okay cool so this was kind of the the first intro of you know like filament fandom uh tim you want to you want to close us out this time
0: sure well we hope you like it and uh tell all your friends and um uh send us lots and lots of sweet podcast money
1: (laughs) Or filament samples. We for love sure. filament. You know, I mean, if if you want to send us filament, I can I can get you, I can get you addresses, anything you want. Send us filament. We'll try we'll, almost any of them. We'll run
0: it through our machines.
1: Absolutely, it's got to <laughs> now. Mind you, it's got to be real filament. It can't be you <clears throat> and your backyard winding stuff together. But you know, <laughs> we're, fishing we're always, line. Exactly. We're always looking for filament tests. Believe me, uh, we are not shamed by color. I am printing stuff. in I am printing stuff in neon yellow, I think, today, because that's what was in stock. Ah.
0: Uh. <laughs> so, well, especially if you're painting it, you know. Hey, so.
1: exactly. So I don't care what color you send me. Um, yeah. I, I do have to admit, though, if we do do anything, that, like we show videos or on the site when we get it set up and we show clips of things printing, colored filaments look best. Turns mm. out taking pictures of black filament being printed <laughs> on a black background. Yeah. Doesn't work out
0: very well. No. Yeah,
1: and that's something Tim's going to learn his first time that he goes to print with black filament.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't order black filament, so yeah. I, I I was uh, actually Cass Dave is the first one to tell me that he goes. Yeah, don't order black. You you won't okay. be able to see anything.
1: Yeah. So. It took me. It took me. Well, cause my first role that I started with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Side story before we end. First role that I started with was black filament because mm-hmm. I was thinking Batman. Know, Well, no, I was because you're going to
0: print. You're going to print batarangs, exactly. I have bat hooks and utility belts and
1: (laughs) all this stuff that was going to be black, and I was like, "Yeah, this will be great." Well, your printing surface is Uh black. Okay, no big deal. But you have to remember you're you're dialing in the nozzle height when you're first starting out, and unless you got a printer that you know, like unless you're like some measuring savant or you do like I did and finally say screw it and get a feeler gauge with actual numbers on it instead of doing the paper thing, (laughs) you're not going to get it right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, black filament on a black background doesn't show up. (laughs)
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So my first few prints were really – yeah, I ruined, uh, what, two print surfaces in the first month. Wow because i it literally ground the plastic into them because i had i couldn't tell you know, like what level it was supposed to be at so yeah uh-huh. lessons learned my second roll of filament was bright orange <laughs> <laughs> i'm like hey i'm old i'm blind and
0: i need to see this you so. need to see it makes sense well
1: uh, anyway so that's a that's a ending note tim one final thing anything
0: uh i don't have anything okay. oh you know what uh I have a real quick question. Uh, what do I need to get started with this? I I, I haven't opened the box yet. What am I going to need to? Pr- I've got a bunch of things to print for the thing verse. Do I need a slicer or a, what do I need to print this stuff?
1: Okay. So here's our, Ooh, this would be a good <laughs> teaching, moment. Oh. Uh, teaching moment. We have a teaching moment section of the podcast now. All right. So, when you, take your, when you get your printer at first, first thing you're going to do is you're going to pick out your model. You, mm-hmm. doesn't matter which brand it is. In your case, you've got an Ender. So right. that's a plus. The second thing you're going to do before you open the box is you're going to fire up YouTube.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're going to put in your printer assembly. Reason I say that is we're all visual people. And having video of somebody going through it, you will find a couple of dozen people that have built it. Some of the videos crappy. Some of them good. Mm -hmm. Um, But they will explain some of the ins and outs and some of the scary parts of building one. Right. That said, the Ender is probably one of the easiest printers to assemble. Mm -hmm. It comes out of the box about 75, 80 percent there. Um. And it comes with all the tools you need. Most of your printers are going to come with a set of Allen wrenches. They're cheapies, mm-hmm. you know. So, yes, right. you're good. if you're a tool snob like me, grab some real Allen wrenches. <laughs> but it does come with a full set of metric. It comes with like a set of metric ones to put it together. Um, the other thing is a square is kind of nice, or a one-two-three block. Mm-hmm. Um, so a square. Everybody knows what a square is. Square basically is the right angle, so you can check stuff. One, two, three blocks work the same way, but they're, they're these steel blocks that you can get with holes or not holes in them that are perfectly square. And they measure one inch on one side, two inches on another, and three inches on another. Um, the advantage of those are they've got – they're a little bit – I find them a little bit easier when I'm squaring stuff up against to use those than I do a square because I never seem to have a square the right size they're mm-hmm. always too tall for what I'm working on versus the mm-hmm. one, two, three box is fine. So what you're going to do is you're going to get it out of the box. It's going to have a instruction manual with it, which is all graphics really, really clearly done. If it's like the current enders, you'll basically be putting, whoops, you'll be putting the vertical piece on and that's where your square or your one, two, three block comes in. Cause it allows you to make sure that that vertical piece is perpendicular to the base. Um, Once you've got that piece assembled, you're going to um, slide the power supply in place. And actually, I think on yours, on the V2, the power supply is already mounted. Everything's Mm -hmm. almost all the way mounted. So really, you're going to attach one piece, tighten a couple of screws, and then you're off to the races. It is literally that easy to set up. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as software side, it's going to come with um, with a memory stick. Um, with like your, your flash memory. Mm-hmm. Set that one aside <laughs> because they're normally cheapies. It's normally a cheap one that they send with it. Um, and just pick up a standard micro SD card. You can get any of them. It doesn't really matter. Um, you're going to at your computer, you're going to go to either Creality's website or you're going to um, do a search for Cura. Okay. And what that's going to get you is your slicer. Creality has their own tagged version of Cura, which will probably be on that memory stick that you have that mm-hmm. they send with it, uh, along with some test files. Or um, see what, or you can go like directly to them, go to either Creality's or to Cura's website, and download it. Cura is probably your your most popular slicer there is out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's already configured for the Ender. So you'll download okay. the Cura software. Okay, um, that's your slicer. In that, then you could load your STL into it. So, oh, what does the
0: slicer do for for okay. other newbies and All myself?
1: Right. So, for newbies, <clears throat> what a slicer does when you're when you're talking about 3D printing, the type that we're talking about is um, it's FDM, fused uh, fused something. I forget what the other two letters okay. are. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, fused basically, FDM, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it does it does layers so it just stacks one on top of another the next the next next think of it almost fused like fused digital measurement something like that I don't know okay yeah, I don't know, I don't know. <clears throat> that's what the internet is for you know I could, I could ask right. one of the assistants that's in the house and she'll shout out what the name is I don't care you don't really need to know that anyway um, <laughs> so what it does is it draws layers so each layer is you know like a certain height and it stacks multiples of them up. Think of them as almost like playing cards. If you're stacking up playing cards. Right. What the, what the slicer does is it takes a solid object and slices it up into those. Okay. So it takes the drawing, it takes your 3D file and slices it into individual layers. And that's the information that the printer needs so it knows what to draw. Okay. And the slicer is, again, it's another one where Google is your friend, but really out of the box, within 30 seconds, you will figure it out because it's going to say, "Load a file." It, when you first fire up the software, it's going to ask you what printer do you have, you know, uh, and it's going to give you some kind of some samples to print from. Of hey, here's what the slicing thing looks like. Um, here's what the settings should be. It'll give you some <clears throat> some kind of guidepost on it. I okay. know for my first one, um, my first one, I even skipped the um, the test file that were in there. And I literally went straight to Thingiverse, grabbed a file of something that I wanted, right. <laughs> loaded
0: into the slicer and said, slice it and let's see what we get. Get out of my head. You know, That's I, exactly I, what I was doing. I'm like, what do I want out of Thingiverse that I want to print first?
1: Well, it's like, because there's, there's like the, <sighs> the the printer torture test where you can do like calibration test and you can do like the Benchy, which everyone yeah. does. Benchy is a stupid little boat that lets you Tugboat, see overhangs yeah. and all this other stuff. Yeah. I haven't printed a single Benchy. I've had my printer for a year. I haven't printed one Benchy. You know why?
0: square die and shit like that. Who cares?
1: I don't care. Things i printed, i I printed a calibration cube. But even then, the calibration cube, I didn't print until I had been printing for like three months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't care. It's a square. Who cares? (laughs) Exactly.
1: You know, it's like, you know what? I was just happy to get stuff out of it that looked like what it was supposed to. I didn't print my first calibration cube until I actually needed a round circle to be round.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if I didn't... I, I, I mean, it needed to be 100% round, not you know, like off in one direction, where it's okay. like, okay...
0: Oh, so that's why you do the calibration cube, to make sure it's, your dimensions are correct. Exactly. Oh, so you should do the calibration cube first. It's something that you
1: should do at the very beginning.
0: Uh. But
1: really, it's, it's not a very satisfying print. It's a very clinical approach if you're if you're an engineering kind of guy uh, that's definitely do the calibration yeah, then do the so, calibration cube yeah Make, try and get that sucker dialed in you're going to dial in your e-steps and there's other stuff that you can do the trade-off with doing that is mm-hmm. you get deep into the okay if you're if you're a behind the scenes kind of guy that's the way to go because to adjust the stuff for the calibration cube you got to connect it to your computer and you got to know what you're, you you got to do an e-steps count and all this other fun stuff and you have to have a good set of calipers so that you can dial it in and it's like for the stuff that, for the stuff that 99% of us are printing you know i don't really care that my calibration cube is exactly 20 millimeters in one direction and 19.9 in another and 19.95 in the third
0: that's close enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, My tolerances are two ton thousands of an inch on a daily basis. I'll, I'll get it right and stay there, you know, because because the thing is, at some point, I'm going to want to print something that I need to be accurate because I'll mm-hmm. I'll use things. So, yeah. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I don't recommend I don't recommend it as your first print, but I do recommend it that eventually you, print one and you, yeah. and you dial it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, the assembly. Assembly is really straightforward. Using your slicer is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And once you get that first print, um, don't be surprised. Don't be afraid if that first print blows up and you end up with a spaghetti monster. Sure, sure. Because you will. Right. <laughs> it's like Because that's say why motor- you're there,
0: to learn how to do it. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like the motorcycle thing. There are two types <sighs> of riders, those that have fallen and those that will fall. Right, yeah. It's going to happen eventually. Just accept yeah. it keep moving on with your 3d ones are going to it's going to happen um don't worry about like 5 billion upgrades out of the box you don't need Mm to you don't need to go to a different cooler and you don't need to you know oh well they say that this extra knob for my for this one widget is like the way to go it's like no print with the thing out of the box as is get to know it and then work from there and then if Um, you
0: see and need for something better yeah
1: exactly it's like for me, the biggest, um, <clears throat> the biggest two things that I purchased for mine were about dialing in the first layer. Because at first, I had gone to I, I was having problems getting the first layer right with the paper. Right. I could. I'm sorry, I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. In addition, I'm a graphics person when it comes to art and drawing. And my wife is a graphic designer. And mm-hmm. they tell, and when you tell me, just use a sheet of paper to measure the distance. Right. You haven't been to my house. Right. Pick a weight of paper. I have it. <laughs> exactly. So, so what are you calling and And they're You're, like, well, just use standard printer paper. And it's like, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, again. I mean, 20-pound paper. Yeah. So. Exactly. You know, it's like, okay, do you want the, the super glossy bright white stuff that I use that, you know, <laughs> or yeah. do you want the recycled stuff? Or what do you... eat? So... Yeah. Being that kind of person, I literally grabbed, I finally, you know, like said, screw it, went out to the garage, grabbed my feeler gauges, and that's how I measure them mm-hmm. Because um, I, I, I need numbers. I'm a numbers guy. But before that, I even bought a digital, and it's probably sitting on the table somewhere around here. I bought one of the digital dial indicators. Mm-hmm. And I printed a mount to mount it on the printer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then literally, I set the printer in one corner to the height that I wanted. And zero out the dial indicator, and then I'd move it around mm-hmm. the thing and write down all the numbers and be like, okay, cool. So the first pass around, I'd write down all the numbers, and then I'd go in and be like, okay, I need to raise this corner until the number hits here. And I need to raise this corner till the number hits mm-hmm. here. And I literally would dial it in at that level. Right. Um, which is, I mean, I was my own auto-leveling. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, yeah. It was to that point level of precision
0: and right. prints turned out so great. do you move the head by hand
1: uh see what the head i actually in the case of mine one of the first upgrades i did for mine was a octoprint which mm-hmm. is a little raspberry pi thing so i've got you know like one that i show to the camera
0: which who knows right. if you're seeing what it is, or not what is octoprint
1: octoprint is a print server for your 3d printer Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, because your printer out of the box, you have to move the memory card back and forth between the computer. Right. And it so it runs independent. This allows you to basically hit it over the network. Oh, okay. So you can do web printing, and you can set cameras and all other fun stuff. We'll actually we'll have to do one on OctoPrint. We'll okay, have to, we'll do an episode on OctoPrint and all the cool okay. stuff that you can do with it. Um, oh. And each one, but for for now, it's it, it was an upgrade. It's not really required out of the. I again, I think that was something that I did maybe a month after having it. Mm -hmm. And partly because I had a spare Octo, I had a spare Raspberry Pi sitting here Mm -hmm. because I had built a, um, a emulation thing for video games. Right. Did they realize that I don't play video games anymore? Mm. -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I, I set up the thing with all the emulators for you name a game system. I had, and I had all the game and I fired the thing up twice. Yeah. And then realize it's like yeah I don't play I, I love nostalgia and old games but mm-hmm. don't play the games anymore. The job is to sit there and look cute. So I tore that sucker apart and put it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's those kind of things. But really, out of the box, day one, get it assembled. As long as you can get the vertical gantry squared, which should be really really easy because it's all pre-drilled and everything else. Right. And. You can get the spacing between the nozzle and the print surface down. Mm-hmm. You'll have it. Okay. It's really easy to set up. So that's kind of like the, the I guess that's our our teachable moment. Uh, cool. Intro. Cool. <laughs> we'll cool. have to come up with a name for some of this stuff. If you guys come up with names, let us know.
0: Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, was- so interesting. When years, years and years ago, when uh, I was at a, a design show, uh, I saw early, early three D printers before they were first playing with this stuff, and it was thousands of dollars. One of the first ones was um, they were using a laser and a sticker, and you would draft it, and they knew how how thick the paper was, mm-hmm. and so. They uh, rolled out the sheet, cut around where it was supposed to be. A roller came across it, and they picked up the paper and rolled it out, put it down <laughs> again, cut the next layer. And so they were able to print, and it was just a stack of stickers, stack of paper uh, of, of uh, heat-sensitive Um, paper it was a heated roller that pushed it down and And made it stick to the next thing and they also did um they were able to their 3d scanning nothing was with a camera that was able to do it they did destructive um stuff so what they would do is they would take the part and they would cast it in um so if it was a metal part or a plastic part or whatever it was they would uh Embed it in an epoxy resin that was in a contrasting color. So if it was a light colored metal, they'd put it in a black epoxy or something like that. And they would put it in the mill mm-hmm. and they would scan off two or, you know, they would mill off 2000 and then they would scan it like a mm-hmm. like a, Take a picture. A, <laughs> yep, take a picture, and then they would mill off 2,000s and take a picture, and it was just like those things that, like, they have the thing at the Museum of Science and Industry where they took a person that they froze them, and then they sliced 2,000s off of them and took a picture and sliced 2,000s, well, a quarter of an inch, and yeah. choo, 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 sliced through the person like that before they had CAT scans. That is so.
1: And that's that's kind of the way the first ones that <coughs> I saw of them were. The first one that mm-hmm. I really paid attention to was this one was one of the early resin and laser ones,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where basically it's this big vat of resin with a, like a table below it, and they shoot a laser through it, and the laser would draw whatever they were wanting to do, yep. and they would lower a little, and then it would draw another one, and they'd all yep. fuse together, and it would just a UV laser, together. yeah,
0: mm-hmm. UV laser, and it was UV cured resin, mm-hmm. and, and you can
1: still yep. get UV cured ones now. In fact, that's yeah. We one of the people we have to have on is James. Mr. Wapple, we have to have him on. Oh. Okay, yeah. Because he has uh see what? One of the one of the companies that he deals with for painting mm-hmm. gave him a resin printer. Really? Yes, he started to do resin models. Oh, cool. So he's now, so they're now sending him designs and he's printing those to paint for stuff. So they gave him the full setup. So he's another one because James admits he is not a techie. Right. Yeah. James is, James is a, I deal with, uh, see what, with sticks with hairs on them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And a guy. Yeah. So it's going to be, we definitely have to talk to him because we have to get his perspective on how all of right. this stuff
0: works. Well, you know, who else has one of those is uh, Alex Landing from Iron yes. Artisans. He has he had I think he has one of the other ones, too, but he has one of those. He also has a laser. He's got so many <laughs> different things. He he makes all kinds of cool stuff. So, yep. yeah. So he's he's got a, uh, a resin laser.
1: See, we'll have, to, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to dig through our, our friend pile of uh, seeing who's got and, what and,
0: and do some talk interviews to them about their shit.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <That'd
1: be> <laughs> so, okay, guys. Well, we've chewed on your faces long enough. Yep. Uh, Tim, it's been wonderful. Yep. We'll definitely have to do this one again for the next episode. Hopefully, coming soon. We may actually make it to an episode one. <laughs> 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 All right, so take care, guys. Remember, filament fandom, we're here for you. Take care, everyone. (laughs)